Welcome to episode two of the Keep Me In Cover podcast. Ben Blakely here, and I'm here with Kurt Hamesser, who is currently working for Pagula Sports Entertainment. Kurt, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on. I appreciate it. I'm uh, happy to join here. You know, I, I see all your work going out on Twitter. I, uh, it's good stuff. So I'm happy to join you. Happy to be able to talk about anything and everything. Thank you very much, Kurt. So we'll start with your upbringing. Grew up in Buffalo, Amherst, Williamsville area. And obviously with you working at PSC, you have to be a Bills fan at that point. So growing up in Western New York, especially, you know, you most likely grew up in those late 90s eras where Buffalo was not really known as a good team. So the only team that I remember is the uh, Wade Phillips game where they lost on the Music City Miracle. So what do you remember (laughs) from your time growing up as a Bills fan? Yeah, see, I mean, I, I didn't really have a choice to be a fan of anything else. Uh, you know, my dad, as soon as I came into this world, he strapped the Bills hat on my head and said, you're a Bills fan. So, you know, it, it's great. And my memory, my earliest memory, I don't know if I know, like, my earliest memory, but I've been going to the game since I was probably five. And every year there's, oh, maybe this is the year, you know, maybe maybe this is the guy, this is the quarterback. And obviously I lived through the drought, you lived through the drought, we, we've all lived through the drought, and um, those were some tough years, but, you know, I think it made it worth it for what we have now, uh, you know, the 17-year drought and no playoffs, quarterback changing every week, coaches changing every year, it was tough, and a lot of fans stuck around, and that's what makes Bill's Mafia the best, because they stuck around, and, and they knew it would get better, I wasn't old enough, I wasn't, I wasn't there for the 90s Super Bowl run, so I don't know that glory, I don't know that feeling, but, uh, it seems like we're getting pretty close to that. It seems like these are uh, what what the feelings were like during the 90s with Josh Allen and this team right now going on a Super Bowl run, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. And it kind of brings back those memories of where you were when Tyler Boyd caught that touchdown pass from Andy Dalton <laughs> and sent Buffalo to the first playoff berth in, uh, you know, 17 yes. years. That was one of, one of the best days of my uh, sports life, I think. It was uh, – you know, it, it made it even better that it was New Year's Eve, too. You know, I went downtown for the big ball drop in downtown Buffalo, and everybody was wearing their Bills stuff. They were wearing Zubas, jerseys, hats, everything. It was a freezing cold night, but it was not keeping Bills Mafia away. So that was a time to remember something I'll never forget. You graduate from high school, and you choose to attend Mercyhurst University, and you enroll in their sports business slash management program. Why did you decide to choose Mercyhurst, and what drove you to their sports management program? Yeah, you know, it's not an easy choice when you're picking college. Um, you know, I went to St. Joe's. I'm a St. Joe's guy here in Buffalo. So, you know, they, they really prepared you well for college and got you ready for the whole process of picking a college, which, you know, is still not easy, even if you have all the help in the world. So I knew I wanted to go into sports. I knew, you know, from when I was really young, I wanted nothing else but to work in sports. So to try to navigate that and figure out where exactly I wanted to go, I didn't know. But it, it was kind of between Canisius College and Mercyhurst. Um, you know, they both had the program. Canisius is, is a great school, obviously, with the sports business program, too. So it, it was kind of, you know, I, I toured both. I loved both places. I got into both places. And I think it just kind of came down to me wanting to get away. You know, I grew up in Buffalo, always been in Buffalo. So Mercyhurst in Erie, Pennsylvania, it's kind of the perfect distance, an hour 40-ish. So, you know, getting away, kind of stay out of the house for a little bit and, you know, become kind of independent there. And one of the best decisions of my life. I mean, Mercyhurst was great to me. Mercyhurst, the professors, you know, it was, it's a smaller school. So it's kind of like high school in a way, you know, class wise, because it's smaller classes. You can kind of form that connection with your professors. You can really dive into the curriculum and everything going on in the class. So I loved it. I'm I'm glad that I did it because I formed a lot of connections there. And that's really what it's all about in this uh, industry. 
And it's kind of funny with Mercyhurst. Obviously, they have a big rivalry with Division One hockey with RIT. So that's mm-hmm. you know, the Rochester Mercyhurst connection. Oh yeah, yeah. Hockey games are fun. Uh, the sports at Mercyhurst they're they're fun. Uh, you know, the hockey teams have been great for a long time. Basketball is successful too, and you know, football. Every, every everybody's great. Everybody loves the sports there down there in Erie. So it's a good time. In any kind of college degree, the big thing is getting internships. And in 2019, you joined the Buffalo Bison, so you came back home for an internship. You became media relations intern, and it's kind of funny when I was looking to get kind of a background on you, because I was an intern with the Red Wings at that time. So you have the 2019 (laughs) three-way cup battle. I know Rochester came away with the three-way cup that year, but Talk about the atmosphere with minor league baseball has to offer and, you know, what was the kind of experiences you took away from that summer internship with the Bisons? Yeah, I love working in baseball. I mean, I've been a huge baseball fan my whole life, but especially, you know, working for a hometown team, the Buffalo Bisons, I've been at one of those games since I was a little kid. So it was a really cool experience, especially because in 2019, you know, that's pre-COVID too. So that's before the world kind of turned, but in 2019, that's when they had Vlad Jr. That's when they had Bo Bichette. So those are the young guns. Those, those were the exciting times with Toronto Blue Jays. So, you know, again, getting to work with those guys and just kind of see them grow. I think that's the coolest thing about working in baseball, especially minor leagues. I've never worked for a professional team. I technically work for the Detroit Tigers, um, but for their minor league team. So we can get into that. But I, I've never actually worked for a major league team. So, you know, working in the minor leagues, you just see these kids that are basically your age. I mean, they're 19, 20 year old kids that are just trying to make it. And that's why, you know, they're putting in the work, they're grinding away at it. And it's, it's cool to see because you got to get to see the behind the scenes and form a little bit of a connection with them. So working for the Bisons in 2019 was really cool. I met a lot of great people. I learned so much in that position because that was my first time kind of in media, in PR, which was a great experience. Um, Like I said, you know, with internships, it's all about who you can meet and who you can form a connection with and really get them to know who you are. It's it's not so much that you know them, it's who knows you. So that's the really the key when it comes down to internships. Yeah, and it's kind of kind of a surreal feeling, obviously, with Toronto coming down to Buffalo True. last year for a couple of games and you got to see the guys like Bichette and Vlad Jr. play in the stadium that they played in before, but now as a major league team, it was probably a really good yeah, experience. It, it was pretty cool, um, you know, and I, I made sure to get down there for a few games for the few of the Blue Jays games. Who knows if we'll ever see that again? I mean, hopefully not, because then that means the world is getting back to normal. But um, yeah, it, it was it was really cool to see professional baseball in Buffalo, because like I said, who knows if we'll ever see that again in our lifetime. So you got to soak it in while I was here. So the Bisons weren't the only minor league team that you worked for. You mentioned the Tigers. We'll get into them in a little bit. But you also went on the basketball side. You worked for the Erie Bayhawks, who were an affiliate of the Hawks in the G League. And then you had this relocation. They became the College Park Skyhawks, transferred to Georgia, rebanded under the Pelicans. And then after April of last year, they just ceased operations, which you know, it was kind of rough, especially with the minor league baseball stuff too, a lot of teams going under and then obviously the G League with the pandemic, but you were an in-game entertainment manager, you did PA announcing, script writing, you pretty much did everything for that team. So how difficult was it having so many hats with those Erie Bayhawks? You know, it's tough, but it's also sports. That's, that's kind of what you have to remind yourself with, you know, when you're working in sports, Sometimes you have those long days, the 12, 14 hour day shifts when you're working games, working festivals, whatever. But at the same time, you know, for me, at least, this is what I've always wanted to do. Look around, you're working in sports. There's a sports game going on right there and you get to be here and work with these great fans and your great team and everything. So 
that's the cool thing about minor league sports too. If you ever work or intern in, in minor league sports, you know, you can go in in one position, but you're going to wear a lot of hats. You're going to do a lot of different things because usually in minor league, the teams are smaller. So you're going to have to do a lot more, which is great. A lot more hands-on experience. I know for myself, I spent three seasons with the Bayhawks um, before we got cut short due to COVID. But, you know, I came in, that was my first ever internship. So it was, I don't really know what I want to do, but I, I'm coming in as in-game entertainment. You know, this could be cool. This is fun. So I started there and then it was kind of one game, our, our actual MC. She had to miss a game, so they were, like, scrambling for somebody, and they were like, hey, you know, you kind of have a good voice. You want to try this out? I was not for it. I did not want to do public speaking. I did not want to stand up in front of 3,000 people and talk. I was nervous, but, you know, it's just one of those things where you just kind of have to dive in. Why not? I mean, it's minor league basketball. People are there just to have a good time, and everybody loves it, and it turns out that our MC that missed that game, she came back for a few, but after that season, she left, so that next season... They already had me in the in the system, so they said, we're going to give you a shot, let you do it. So, you know, it just kind of built from there. And, you know, as I built from there, so many more opportunities presented themselves, and I volunteered. I think that's a big thing, too, is you don't really want to have known your vocabulary, especially when you're interning, um, because you just want to prove yourself. You're there to prove yourself every single day that you can do this job. And even if you don't know how to do it, you'll learn how to do it. So, it's a lot of work, but it's great work. And it's really rewarding when you can work with a team and see that your work is being used. I think that's kind of the coolest part of it is seeing that people are enjoying it and your superiors are appreciating it. I think that's one of the most rewarding things in any job, really. Now, did you have any special uh, three-point calls, any big slam dunks? Did you have any, uh, <laughs> have any special vocabulary that came out when that happened? You know, I, I was I was really trying because I started as the MC, so I was you know on the court doing the games and stuff. And then our PA announcer, Sean Pebbles, is actually the PA announcer for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So he was, you know, he's traveling back and forth doing both games. So when the Cavs and the Bayhawks had uh, games on the same day, he would go to Cavs. So then I had to do PA. So here I am, never done this before in my life, have to fill in the shoes of an NBA PA announcer. It was a little nerve wracking, um, but after a few games, you know, you kind of get into it. You kind of get your rhythm. I didn't have anything too crazy because Sean's one of the best in the business. And, you know, some of his calls are so fun. So that's just all it is. You just got to make it fun. You got to add some excitement, add some, you know, high pitches in your voice and not keep it so monotone because people are just trying to have fun. And that's really what it's all about. You talked a little bit about it, but in 2021, you joined the Detroit Tigers with their minor league system for player development, and you also ran TrackMan. I know, uh, especially going to Red Wings games as a media member, everybody wants to know, was that pitch a strike? Was that pitch a ball? Was it a curveball? Was it a fastball? And they would always ask the TrackMan operator what it was, but on to the other thing. Although it was an internship, were there any cool perks that you got in the spot? And being a minor league team, was there any fans back in the stands during that season? Yes. Yeah, so I technically worked for the Tigers. I was with their minor league team, uh, the Erie Seawolves, and I was the track man operator, which is something I had no idea how to do. I had never done it in my life. It was, again, one of those things where I was always interested in kind of the player development side of sports. And, you know, I still am. And that was an awesome experience because you really got hands-on to work with the team and all that data that you're collecting like you said with the fastball curveball changeup, spin rate everything that you could want the coaches use that the players use that to get better and say 
you know, hey, I hit the, the slider better than I hit the changeup. And this pitcher could say, this guy doesn't know how to hit a curveball. So throw him more curveballs. Your work is really important. And they use that in practice. They use that in games. So even if it is just double A, I mean, that's exactly what I was saying earlier. You know, these guys are fighting for their jobs. They want to make it to the major league. So it was really cool. I think the biggest perk is just being able to kind of form that connection. And uh, when I was there, uh, they have a ton of great prospects in the Tigers organization. So they're all on our team. We got to see them kind of come in. And this was the first real scene that they've had in double A. So it, it was really cool to see. We did have fans in the stands, which is great too, because Erie fans love their sports. They have the Otters there. They have the Seawolves. They used to have the Bayhawks, but um, they love their fans. So, you know, it was great. Can't really beat a baseball game, especially a night game uh, during the summer when it's 70 degrees. It uh, makes me miss it now that it's five degrees outside here in Buffalo. Right now for your role now, you do some freelancing work for writing about the Bills for SB Nation, and you also host the podcast called Laces Out with Jared Bailey, which is not Bills-centered, but it's NFL-focused. So the biggest you know shift in this industry, not in sports management, but more in you know the journalism side, is that this podcasting shift is going to continue and writing the online sites and that kind of stuff. So do you see the industry switching to more of this online freelance style type of workload, I guess you could say? That's a good question because it's really what then, you know, the past five years, maybe that we've seen this kind of boom in solo work, freelance work, uh, podcasting and stuff like that. So five years down the road, maybe, but I, I do think that there will still be, you know, the big media sites and obviously, you know, the local news, whatever the national news too, they'll pretty much have the stranglehold on the media and everybody that kind of listens and shares it. But I do think that there's a growing opportunity for anybody, you know, like you or me, we both have a podcast here and, you know, we can go in and, and just talk about whatever we want and everybody has access to it, which is so cool. That's the power of social media is, you know, you can toss the link to your podcast up on Twitter and, you know, at least for our podcast, we got, you know, three listeners the first couple of months, but you work at it, you grow it and you kind of sharpen your skills and you sharpen what you're talking about. And then it gains traction a little bit and it's a slow process. It's not easy to get a podcast going or getting your work on a website, your writing noticed or anything like that. It's not easy, but if you really love doing it, that's a start. And as long as you have the passion to do what you're doing, you can build from anything and you can really do anything with that passion. So I do think that there will probably be a bigger shift, but it'll be interesting to see um, because like I said, it's, it's been what only probably five years since podcasting has been such a huge uh, a boost in society. So we'll see. Well, we, we never know what's next. It's the ever changing world of uh, that we live in. So it's, it's cool to see. Talk about your current job now. You work for Pergula Sports Entertainment as a media team member. So kind of explain to the listeners what that role consists of and how you ended up gaining the opportunity mm -hmm. to work for PSE. Yeah, I mean, it's I dumped my internship with uh, the Detroit Tigers and the Erie Seawolves this past summer. And, you know, I was kind of searching around looking for, for anything really. And I knew obviously I wanted to stay in sports. I knew that it was you know, that's my passion. That's exactly what I want to do. I want to be with a sports team, with an organization. And this opportunity presented itself. And, you know, I, I had some experience working with media and obviously what I did with the Bisons and, you know, my, my freelance writing and podcasting and just, you know, social media presence. That was my experience, um, but there wasn't really a ton of experience. So 
you know, I, I was lucky enough to, to GSE just been an absolute dream. I mean, for me, it's so cool because these are my teams that I've had since I was a little kid, you know, growing up, I've been coming to Key Bank Center or whatever, HSBC Arena, what it was when we were little. And, you know, seeing these Sabres and watching the Bills, these are my, my hometown teams. And now I get to work with them every day. And it's it's really cool. I mean, this is all I've really wanted to do. So I'm, uh, I'm in a good position. I'm, I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing right now. Obviously, COVID was a really big year for a lot of people in terms of, you know, opportunities missed. But for you, you had the opportunity to go to last year's Super Bowl and as a media member. So, you know, people can only dream of going as a fan and paying the thousands of dollars for tickets or even to go as a media member. And they can only dream of it. But you got that opportunity to. So what was that experience like for you having that media access to go down there and watch a Super Bowl and have some fun? It was a once in a lifetime opportunity. It really was. I mean, it was just, you know, like you said, even though the bills didn't make it, even though they weren't there, it was still incredible. I mean, I, I didn't want to see Brady win another ring, but it was really cool to see him win it in Tampa Bay at their home stadium. So, you know, that's going to be one of those Super Bowls that we talk about for a long, long time. Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady in the Buccaneers house. I mean, it, it was so cool to just see it. Just the atmosphere around the arena and actually in the game when the game was happening is just, it's unlike anything else. I mean, you know, the bright lights and the stars out there and just the feel of it that, you know, this is the big game. I mean, this is the game that we've been waiting for our whole season. So it was really cool to see. Um, I, I had a, an awesome opportunity to go with this group called Living Sport. Um, if you don't know Living Sport, you definitely should if you want to work in sports. If you're thinking about getting into sports, I would just at least toss them a follow on Instagram just to see what they're up to. They go on trips all over the world. Um, so, you know, follow them on Instagram, follow them on Twitter, Facebook, whatever, living sport. Uh, they're, they're really great. But we had an opportunity. There's about 40 of us that, that got to go. We got to work there for 10 days doing the Super Bowl experience, which is just it's pretty much a big party in downtown Tampa Bay. Um, you know, they have big events, they got games and museums, they have everything you could want. That's NFL football base, which was so cool to see. Uh, so cool to get some hands-on experience there, meet some awesome people. And like I said, just to be around there, just to say, you know, this is it. We're at the Super Bowl, and you can check that off the bucket list. Cause like, it's just one of those things where I don't know if I'll ever be able to do it again, but I'm so glad that I got to, because it's just a once in a lifetime experience. 100%. I agree with you on that. Now for this podcast, I try and find something about each guest that people may not know. And um, you actually tipped me off to one about you. And uh, if you haven't seen the kind of preview where, you know, it's the game New England versus Buffalo for the wild card, and there's this big preview that Google Sports Entertainment and the Bills did where Daryl Talley knocks on a, a secret door and has to give the new passcode which is 17, 14, 21, instead of, I believe it was, was it 12, 83, 56? 12, 34, 56. Ah, Can't forget Thurman. Can't forget Thurman. And, you know, Daryl opens the door and, you know, asks for, I believe it was, what, what did he ask for again? Well, he's a regular. So me uh -huh. being the bartender, I, had to, I come over, gave him a nice diet Pepsi on the rocks for, of course, Mr. Daryl Talley. And obviously the big difference was that it was in a Spider-Man glass. I don't know if a lot of people saw oh, yeah. that because he was the Spider-Man. Subtle, subtle little hint there, yes. And, you know, <laughs> Tasker comes up from behind him, you know, in his classic smoking a cigar with, you know, a hat and all bundled up. And as you mentioned, you were the bartender in that, you know, sequence. So 
you know, what was it like being around two Bills legends and Daryl Talley and Steve Tasker? It was so much fun. So, you know, I'm on the media team with, with PSE. So I was kind of in, in the meeting. We were planning this all out. We were trying to figure out the video and everything. And, you know, they were like, we, we need somebody to be a bartender. And I was like, I have a bow tie and I have some suspenders that I could use. So I volunteer. So, you know, it was just kind of a right place, right time for me. But uh, it was so cool. I mean, they are just class acts. They're the nicest guys. Daryl Talley was just cracking jokes all day. And uh, Steve wasn't able to be with us for too long because he had to get and do his uh, One Bills live show. But Daryl was hanging out with us all day. And I don't know if you saw um, the Bills actually uh, tweeted out some of the bloopers from that and it's even better than the original because it's just daryl just cracking jokes and messing up so you know as serious as the video was and it, you know it's, it's a lot of hard work and, and a lot of work goes into it but i'm so happy with the, with the way it turned out because it was really cool to work with those guys now with psc it's not just the bills and the sabers they have a couple other teams you have the buffalo mm-hmm. bandits you have the roster americans um you also have the roster nighthawks so you know in the amount of time you've worked there at psc what are some of your other favorite people, not only just athletes, but also kind of front office personnel for all the teams that PSE is under that you've communicated with? Everybody is awesome. Um, everybody at PSE, you know, in the office or even people that are working virtually that we just see on a screen are everybody's so welcoming. Everybody, you know, when I first came in, everybody, they treated me like I'd been there for three years. So you know, we're, we're friends. We're all pretty much a family. We work together every day. We spend long hours together every day. So there's no complaints, no complaints at all. I mean, it's just, it's such a great team to be able to work with because everybody wants the best for everybody else. And everybody knows that when one person succeeds, the whole team succeeds because we work in these big groups to, you know, for example, this, this playoff hype video that we made, you know, we all work together on this and, you know, one person might be producing it. Sure. But every little detail even from putting up the lights while we're doing a shoot it's just such a a team effort and it's kind of cool because you know obviously we're not playing the sport we're working for the team that plays the sport but behind the scenes we're kind of like a team and like we're out on the ice or out on the field together so yeah everybody's been awesome every day you go into work it's just fun atmosphere so obviously you have a whole list of things you've done you've been a freelance writer you run your own podcast you work for PSE but Another thing that's interesting that I found in your tour bio is that you've been featured on Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto, as well as ESPN Honolulu. Tell me how you were able to do a spot for ESPN Honolulu. It was uh, kind of random, kind of cool. I just got a, I got a, a direct message on Twitter one day from my now friend, Bobby Curran. He's a, you know, a sports radio host out in ESPN Honolulu, just living the life in Hawaii and uh you know they they're kind of like the WGR 550 of Buffalo but you know out in Hawaii so local sports talk radio in Hawaii and they just wanted to talk some bills uh I guess bring some bills mafia to Hawaii I'm sure there's some bills fans out there in Hawaii but um so it just started as one show I kind of thought maybe it'd be you know that'd be it and then you know, I think I've been on four or five times and they're, they're great people out there. And it's just, they want some Bills talk. They probably don't get a ton of Bills talk out in Hawaii. So I'm glad that I could uh, kind of be the guy for them. <laughs> it's kind of funny you mentioned that because obviously, you know, Bills Mafia is everywhere. You have people, you know, Bills oh, yeah. backers in Italy, Bills backers in Spain, there's a UK <laughs> version. There's, it's not just Western New York. So, yep. you know, this kind of brings up a different question, but how much, especially with you working for PSC, which is obviously separate from the bills in terms of you guys don't work under the same roof, but 
you know, kind of explain to me the Bills Mafia and, you know, being a family, because that's the number one thing that Bills fans want to push, especially with all the donations they did for Lamar Jackson and, you know, Andy Dalton after he had the game-winning touchdown to give Buffalo their first playoff berth in 17 years. So kind of explain to me what Bills Mafia means to you and to the entire fan base as a whole. Bills Mafia is unlike anybody else, any other fan base, and nobody compares. Um, there's so many great fan bases in sports, and that's just what makes sports so great. But there's really nobody like Bills Mafia. I mean, we've struggled together. Um, we've worked together. We, we've had our down times, but we've definitely had our great times. And you mentioned it with the donations. I mean, I, that's really what, when it comes down to it, to the heart, that's what Bills Mafia is about. I mean, they're about community. Buffalo is a small market city, but, you know, we come together as a fan base and we just care about each other. And that's really all it is. I mean, you see the the crazy partying and the crazy tailgating, too. That's great. I mean, that's just the passion of fans. But there's two different sides of it. It's not just all the partying and getting ready for game time. It's, you know, we care about other teams. We donate to other teams and we care about our own players. We want to make our own players feel like family. So. I think that's what it, what it really is, is Bill's Mafia is just family. Bill's Mafia cares about each other. They love one another, and they love our team. I mean, Buffalo, it's not just, you know, a football game. It's not just a, a way to go spend a Sunday. I mean, it is a it's a religion here. It is a, uh, a lifestyle. People base their life around the Buffalo Bills. So it's more than just a team. It's more than just a sport. Um, it's awesome. So growing up, obviously, a lot of kids have that, especially if you want to work in sports, what's like that be all end goal. Like for some people it's to work for ESPN and be an anchor. You know, some people it's to work for their favorite team. Like you kind of have that opportunity too, but you know, this question is kind of more of an unloaded one because it kind of sounds like you have a dream job already. So what is your kind of end goal or dream job that you potentially want to go after, or even if you leave PSE, what's kind of that be all end goal for you? That's a loaded question because it's not easy. You know, I, I kind of said earlier when I was talking about figuring out school and everything, I was trying to figure out where I wanted to go in sports. I Like we were talking about, you know, I did the in-game entertainment. I've done the PR. I've done media relations. I, I've done player development. So I've done a lot of different things and I've gone a lot of different ways. So and you don't really need to narrow it down. My whole life throughout college, I was, you know, okay, I got to figure out the one thing that I want. I got to narrow it down and figure it out. You really don't need to, um, because when you keep yourself open like that, you can kind of enjoy the ride. You can kind of enjoy the way you're going because, or else if you're just saying, you know, I want to be the head salesman for blah, blah, blah. You're going to kind of make it hard on yourself saying, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet, which is good. You know, you still want to push yourself every day. You still want to have that goal to get there, but everything in life, you just kind of have to enjoy the ride um, because it'll all work out. You'll all, you'll get there eventually. And the journey's fun. And I don't really know if you ever get to the final destination. Um, but I guess, you know, for me, I, like you said, I mean, I, my whole life, I've wanted to work for the bills. I've wanted to work for the Sabres and this has just been a dream. I mean, it's, I get to work directly with the teams and the players, these guys, this team that I've watched my entire life. So We'll see. I mean, I hope that I stick around for a long time. I'm not going anywhere until they kick me out of the door. So I, I'm loving it right now. Um, and I'm just, like I said, I'm just enjoying the ride as we go. There's a lot of people behind, you know, growing up in this new kind of digital media world that potentially want to explore a career in sports, whether it be, you know, what you're doing with PSE, 
you know, on my side with more being a journalist or, you know, working for athletic communications, there's, there's a, this whole kind of bubble that always expands. Mm-hmm. It seems like every single year. So do you have any advice for kids who love sports and want to make a career in, I guess you could say the sports industry? Yeah. I mean, like I just said, I mean, you don't want to be too hard on yourself. Um, I know that when I was coming up in the industry and, you know, I'm still coming, I'm not there yet. I'm just, you know, I'm happy with where I'm at, but I'm not there yet. There's still so much to learn. There's still so much to do. And, you know, you just kind of have to enjoy it. You get to work in sports. If you're working in sports, you get to do what you love. And that's really what it's all about. So, you know, my, my biggest advice, I've done a lot of internships and all of them have been awesome. All of them have been so great to me, everybody that I've worked with. So I would say my one thing is don't be afraid to be an intern. You know, a lot of the times people think, I don't want an internship. I want full time, you know, I want to make the money and everything, but they're long, it's grinding hours to be an intern, but it it really does pay off. And when you can kind of prove yourself as an intern and prove that you're capable of doing the work and doing more than what they thought, that's going to pay off big time for you. So don't be afraid to volunteer for something that you don't want to do. Even if it's, you know, in my time doing in-game entertainment, if they ask you to go wrap some t-shirts so you can throw it for a t-shirt toss, just do it. I mean, it's it's those easy little things that they know they can count on you. You can build that trust with your superiors. So, you know, don't be afraid to be an intern. Don't be afraid to take some chances and maybe get out of your comfort zone because when you do that, you might discover something that you really love and something that you want to do down the road. And you mentioned earlier the amount of connections that you've had, you know, whether it's Mm -hmm. minor league baseball, minor league basketball, and now with PSC. Trust me, when, and I say this, having a couple connections too, and I know you have a lot too, where you have a job opening come up and the first person you reach out to is a connection from minor league baseball or whatever. And they say, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'll definitely, you know, put me on your reference list. And if I get a phone call, I'll be sure to put in a good word for you. Yeah. And as big as the sports industry is, I mean, it seems like everybody kind of knows each other. Everybody at least knows of someone. So especially in Buffalo, I mean, it, it helped me big time being with the Bisons and you know, Buffalo is such a small market, small city that everybody kind of knows each other, especially with the sports teams. Everybody with the Bisons works with people with the Sabres. So you just got to make those connections and not every single one of them is going to be a super close connection, but just use it and make make a friendship out of it. I know a lot of my connections, I've just made simple friendships with it. It's not so much I'm just going to use it to get a job because you don't want that. You don't want a fake relationship because if you build a real connection and you build a real relationship and friendship with somebody, it can build from that even if you need help in 15 years. So, you know, build a real connection with somebody, build a real relationship with somebody and just let it build from there because that's going to help you so much down the road. Kurt, you've been so gracious with your time. Want to give our listeners a, you know, kind of chance to follow you on social media and, you know, what kind of work with uh, you and PC that you guys potentially have working on the next couple of weeks or so. Absolutely. Yeah. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Kurt, K-U-R-T, Hamaser, H-A-U-M-E-S-S-E-R-88. And we'll, we'll have some fun down the road. Um, I know that the Sabres season will be picking up with kind of the end of the season kind of picking up and everything with Rick Jenner, right? I know that's going to be an exciting time for the end of the year. So follow along on there. Uh, you can follow my podcast. If you want to listen to some NFL talk, Laces Out podcast, Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever you find a podcast, give us a listen. We appreciate it. And uh, I appreciate you giving me some time. It's been fun. I, I like, uh, like sharing the story. Like I said, I'm not there yet, um, but I have learned a lot. So any, anytime I can help somebody, I'd love to. 
Yeah, Kurt, it's one of those kind of wait and see opportunities, right? It's kind of like a, kind of like a game of hurdles. You have this, you yep. jump over a couple and then maybe you go back a couple too, but then you got more mm-hmm. in front of you. So you got, you got to exactly. keep going. Keep going. There's a, it's, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be quick, but just keep putting your head down and grinding away. That's what it's all about. Thank you for listening to episode two of the Keeping It Covered podcast. And thanks again to Kurt Hamessa for coming on for this week's episode. My name is Ben Blakely. You can follow me on Twitter at BenBlakely18. And to listen to this and any other episodes of the Keep Being Covered podcast, be sure to find us wherever you listen to your favorite shows.